This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. So, uh, man, I might just, like, preach today or something. So, anyway, uh, man, we're wrapping up our series. We're calling it Generous God, Generous People. How many of you believe that he's a, he's a generous, generous God? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is in Romans 8. And he says this, that he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also freely with him give us all things, all things. He is just a generous, generous God. So I'm excited about today. But before we get into the message, I just, uh, I've been thinking about something for about 10 days now, and, and uh, I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to share this with you because uh, how many of you, sometimes we just don't think right? We, we don't think right, and if we don't think right, well, that's going to affect our believing, and, and if our believing's affected, well, then we're not, going to, we're not going to get the results that we really want to get. But I've been thinking about the fear of the Lord, and I, I went back and I looked at, man, just, just Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that talks about the fear of the Lord. And, and when he's talking about the fear of the Lord, he's not being, like, being afraid of God. He's talking about having this, this reverence and this respect for God. And that's what the fear of the Lord is, is having a, a deep reverence and a, a deep respect for God. And so how many of you would believe, I mean, you got that many scriptures about the fear of the Lord. How many of you would believe that it's God's will for us to fear him, to, to reverence him and respect him? Would you, would you say, yeah, that... That would be the will of God for me to respect the Lord and to reverence the Lord. That would be the will of God for my life. That would be true, right? Well, if, if us fearing God, if us respecting God, if us having this awe and reverence for God is the will of God, how, how many of you know that we could also just assume, and you really wouldn't have to assume, it's just kind of common sense, that if, if it's the will of God for us to fear him, well, then it would be the will of God for us to get the benefit of us fearing him, right? And so there's a scripture, and this is not in your notes, it's not even part of the message, but I want to read it to you in Psalm 112, verse 1 through 3, and don't even put it up on the board, they can look it up in their own Bible. Notice this, he says, praise the Lord, I mean, that's a good thing to do all the way, praise the Lord. He goes on to say this, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Man, right, man, fear the Lord. I mean, if it's the will of the Lord for me to fear him, it's the will of the Lord for me to be blessed. Blessed is the man who fears him, who delights greatly in his commandments. So the fear of the Lord, you could say it like this, the fear of the Lord is when we, we, we have this respect enough for God that we do things God's way. That would be the fear of the Lord. We respect him and reverence him enough that we're going to do it his way, not our way. So he said, he, said, uh, he delights greatly in his commandments. He goes on to say, his descendants will be mighty on the earth, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. And this is just a simple benefit of living our life in a way that pleases God, in a way that he said, if you live like this in the fear of the Lord, if you'll delight greatly in my commandments, if you'll just conduct your life and do your life like I said, 
here's some great benefits. Your children will be mighty on the earth. How many of you would want that for your kids? Your children will be mighty on the earth. And then he goes on to say, wealth and riches will be in your house. Well, I didn't think God wanted us to have anything. Well, does he want you to fear him? Is it the will of God for us to fear the Lord? Well, then it would be the will of God for us to get the benefit of fearing the Lord. It's just common sense, people. And it takes a, it takes a religious idiot to mess this up. God is not so mysterious that you can't understand him. He said what he said so that we could understand it and say, oh, okay. So we've been in this series. We're calling it Generous God, Generous People. And the first thing we had to establish is, is this, that God is generous. We said this about him. Y'all remember what we said? Not what we said, what he said about himself, that, that God is. Y'all help me out. A cup overflowing. Y'all going to have to help me. Y'all don't know this by now? A cup overflowing, net breaking, boat sinking, 12 baskets left over, generous provider. That's who he is. He can't help himself. I mean, so doesn't he know when the cup's running over? Yeah. Doesn't he know when the net's breaking? Yes. Doesn't he know when the boat's sinking? Yes. Doesn't he know that he just need to multiply enough fish for 5,000 people and not one more? Yes. But what did he do? He just did more than enough because that's the kind of God he is. He is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. He can't help himself. He doesn't ever just do it just right. He doesn't ever just fill it to the rim. He doesn't ever just give you what you need. He always does more. That's just who he is. He always just does more. Net breaking. Boat sinking. Cup running over. Twelve baskets left over. I'm going to set my timer. Fifty minutes. No, I better not do that. All right. But... If he is a provider, and he's already seen ahead and he's provided, but everything that God has provided, everything that he's provided, salvation, healing, peace, joy, material you know, well-being, everything that he's provided by his grace, his unmerited favor, nothing that you could do to earn it, no amount of pages in your Bible that you could read to earn it, no, no matter, no, no amount of hours that you could pray to earn it. It's his unmerited favor. It's his grace. But whatever's been provided by his grace must be received by faith. It must be received. And if we don't receive it, well, then we're not going to enjoy it. John three twenty seven. John answered, he said, a man can receive nothing. I like what the Amplified says. And it really, you know what the Amplified does? The Amplified version does? It amplifies. 
I mean, you, you, I mean, you go through and there's certain words that it picks out and it amplifies those words. It's like if you were to put it up under a, a magnifying glass and just enlarge it. And so it enlarges like one word or one phrase in that verse. And so John said this, in the Amplified it says this, that, uh, that a man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take unto himself Nothing. So we said if God provided it, we still have to stake our claim on it. We still have to take it by faith. You're not taking it from God. You can't take it something away from God that he doesn't want you to have. But if he's freely given us all things, you're still going to have to take it by faith. You still will have to receive it. You still will have to claim it. And if you don't claim it and you don't receive it and you don't take it, you're not going to enjoy it unless God just in his mercy for our, you know, our, you know, just us not willing to develop or he just looks down and he has pity on us. He'll do some things. Yes, he will. But God wants you to develop your faith. He wants you to grow in faith. He wants you to use your faith. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to act on his word. He wants you to stand on his word. He wants you to live and walk by faith. And that pleases him. All right. So, uh, I want to finish up today, and, and so the first 30 minutes of this message is going to kind of be introduction, and then we're going to get to the points, but they're going to be real quick, okay? Uh, but the introduction is going to be really good, by the way. Really, really good. All right. It's already really good in here. I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you, hear, you hear things, especially in days of social media, you hear people talking about they, they're coming down and ridiculing people about preachers. They get this, this prosperity gospel. And anybody ever heard of that before? Prosperity gospel. And, and uh, you know, preaching that, preaching that prosperity gospel. And it's a sin. And shouldn't preach that prosperity gospel. Well, prosperity is a biblical word. Prosperity for, for, for God's children is God's idea. It's not a man's idea. Now, don't misunderstand me. I know preachers can be covetous just like you can be covetous. Preachers, can, they can do wrong things with money just like you can do wrong things with money. Preachers can be selfish just like anybody else can be selfish. There's preachers that can be a crook just like anybody else can be a crook. But that doesn't do away with what the Word says. Prosperity is a biblical word. I mean, think about this, 3 John 2. John's writing to his beloved Gaius. He's not just writing to him or it just wouldn't be in the book if it was just written to him. All scripture is given for our benefit, right? And he writes, he said, he said I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So what does it mean for your soul to prosper? Well, it means that you prosper in the way you think. If you think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. If you believe wrong, you're not going to get the results that you want. And he said, I want you to prosper. I want you to be in health. You see, this is the will of God. Even as your soul prospers. In other words, if you want to do good on the outside, you've got to do good on the inside in your thinking first. What does the word say? As a man thinks, so is he. If you think wrong, 
I mean, that's the kind of fruit that you're going, to root, you're going to get in your life. If you think wrong, you're going to believe wrong. If you believe wrong, you're not going to get the results you want. Joshua 1.8, he said, don't let this book of the law, don't let this word of God depart out of your mouth. But meditate on it day and night that you may make your way prosperous and that you would have good success. The word prosperity, it, just, it simply means to make it. It means to make it to the end. It means to have good success. Good success is the will of God. Making it is the will of God. Not making it is not the will of God. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you may have more abundance. The, the, the thief comes that you not make it. Jesus came so that you would make it. It's real easy, y'all. Real easy. So prosperity is the will of God. Now notice Romans 12 too. It may not be in your notes, but it says this. Let God change you into another person by changing the way you think. So what we've been doing over these last couple of weeks, just getting our mind renewed that God's generous, that God is, he's a God of abundance. He's not running out. He, he, he's not just enough. He's more than enough. That's the kind of God he is, right? And so <clears throat> a being abundantly supplied, are y'all listening to me? Being abundantly supplied in every good thing. What would it be like if you and I, <clears throat> we had a, a store of time on our hands and we had a store of resources in our hands in other words we got flex time and we got flex dollars or flex stuff could you get something done I mean if you if, if you weren't just if you didn't have to work for a job not, nothing wrong with hard work nothing wrong with hard work at all but if, if you so choose or chose you had a store of time and a store of resources to do something well. That, that would be the blessing of God. You know, we, we think it's I-O-Y-O, -O, it's off to work I go. Right? Because most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. They're not making men's eat. They're not, they're not prospering. They're, they're not making it. If you run out on Thursday and you get paid on Friday, you're not making it. Are you listening? Well, that's not the will of God. The will of God is for you to make it and not barely. Not, whoo, it's Friday, I made it. No, it's not that. It's that when Friday comes around and you're not even thinking, I wonder if that deposit's hit the bank yet. I wonder if that deposit's hit the bank yet. I, I wonder if that deposit, you keep checking. I wonder if the deposit, no. You just go, oh, payday was four days ago. I didn't even realize it. Why? Because you made it. And you had some left over. That's the will of God. So I don't, I don't like that. You would like it everywhere but in church. Everywhere in church, but you like that. Everywhere but church, you like that. You daydream about more. You wish for more. If I could just go to the boat and hit it, I'd have more. If I just had, if I just have a rich relative die, I'd have more. And you put your mind all on that. And when God's telling you, I am an abundant provider and I've got something for you. And you don't want to, and you're going to sit in church and resist the Holy Ghost when he's trying to get something in you. I told you I'm going to preach that. I'm getting fired up. I'm like, 
I'm going to walk out. Walk out on there. Paul said, you always, no, Stephen, he's about to get stoned. He said, you always resist the Holy Ghost. You're always resisting. The, I'm not saying you are. Some of you are. You just need to stop. He said, you're always resisting the Holy Ghost, trying to get something good in you. And you're hung up on some tradition. You hung up, well, that, that preacher is a hypocrite. Man, they're like, I saw something on Facebook today. There's hypocrites in Walmart, but you still go. hypocrites everywhere that doesn't change the word of God that doesn't change the will of God and the people that are barking about it so loud they're probably guilty of it (laughs) I'm having fun all right let me give you a biblical definition or picture of what prosperity, abundance looks like in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 from the Amplified says and God is able to make all grace every favor how many of you like favors? you know God wants you to enjoy his favor But he wants you to get to the place where you can show favor. Not favoritism, so that you can give favor. Are you listening? He wants you to have an MTE anointing. You know what that is? More than enough anointing on your life. MTE anointing. I think I'll write a book. No, I'm just kidding. Can't even spell how I'm going to write a book. So, okay. He said, God is able to make all grace, every favor, and heavenly blessing. Is that what he said? Earthly blessing. Y'all got it up there right? Earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient 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 possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance For every good work and charitable donation. He goes on to say in verse 10, This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. Man, I don't know the Lord wants me to have anything. Yeah, he does. He, he, He wants to be extravagant toward you. More than enough. He goes, he goes, first he supplies every need. Plus, 
Every need plus. Everybody say plus. If you know what that means, in addition. More. He supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed. Man, this is just too, I mean, this is too good. Then he multiplies the seed you sow. So he, he, he supplies your need, and then he gives you more. So what's the more for? You know, I, only, I can only find one or two places in Scripture where someone gave out of their need. Only, only a couple of scriptures. Every other time, man, they were just given out of their abundance. You know, David, by today's standard, when they were going to build the temple, he just went to the treasury, his own treasury, and by today's standards, he took out an old, enough gold and silver that equaled about $2 billion. He did that out of his abundance. I mean, if you ask, if you ask David, hey, David, uh, what do you say about God? Is he a generous God? Well, all I know is that I gave $2 billion to the building campaign, and the Lord provided it all. Okay. message. All right. So <clears throat> that's what David would say. So what's the more for? Well, I mean, if he supplies your need. If he supplies your need and he takes care of you, plus more, what's the more for? The more is so that we can be generous. Generous. Now, don't misunderstand me. Everyone in here, and we're going to get to this in just a minute, everyone in here can be generous right where you are. You can be generous if you've got a million dollars in your account, or you can be generous if you've got $10 in your account, or $1. Everybody in here can and should, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, should be generous. <clears throat> so God's generous toward us, right? He is generous toward us. He is so generous Toward us, I mean, and I'm not just talking about earthly things. I'm talking about heavenly things. You know, what does he, he didn't withhold Jesus from us. He's so generous toward us. And so there ought to be a response from us because of his generosity toward us. And so our response is generosity. We should also be generous. So generosity is not just monetary. I mean, you can be you could be generous with your time. You could be uh, generous with your compliments. You could be generous. You can be generous all kinds of ways. You can be generous. Well, we're called to be generous. Generous God, generous people. But in the context that we're talking, the scriptures that we're looking at, they are, they are, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, they're talking about financial, material things that we are to be uh, generous with. All right, so <clears throat> Abraham knew God as a generous God. I mean, you look at, you look at Abraham's life, and, and he started with nothing, and he obeyed God. 
God saw his obedience. He, he feared the Lord. He feared God. He obeyed God. He did things God's way. And I mean, it, it, and then at one point, I mean, he, Abraham became so wealthy, it says that Abraham was very rich. Very rich. And God didn't get mad at him about it. He was very rich in gold and silver and cattle and men servants and maid servants. I mean, I mean, he had his own army. Abraham was rich. And Abraham had this revelation that, you know what, if, if uh, because God's been generous to me, if I will just honor him. You see, and Abraham didn't have a law. Abraham was 400 years before the law, so Abraham didn't have a law to tell him what to do. He just, out of revelation, he knew this is the way to honor God. And he said, I'm going to just give the tenth back to, back to God. So let me just say this. And we're talking about the tithe, and I'm going to talk about the tithe just for a little bit. He said, oh, brother, are you serious? Let me say this. You do not want to go to a church that never talks about money. You do not. I mean, you cannot, if, if you're not good with money, you can't be a good Christian. You don't want to go to a church that doesn't talk about money. I mean, it is, it is so much in the New Testament, so much of what Jesus talked about. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures on the earth where dust and rot. You know, I mean, all kinds of scriptures. And don't worry. We don't make big pushes for offerings around here. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, so, so Abraham tithed. A tithe is a tenth. And he gave, he, and the high priest in those days was Melchizedek. And so he would bring the tenth and he would give it to Melchizedek. And Melchizedek, who is the high priest, who is likened unto the Son of God because he had no beginning of days and he had no end of days. He was without father and without mother. I don't know what all that means. But he was likened unto to Jesus and he received tithes from Abraham and he blessed Abraham. And it just started this vicious, unholy, ungodly worldly cycle where Abraham just kept getting richer because God, God's high priest blessed him he blessed him and he got richer with this world's goods or this world's bads and he blessed him and he got wealthier and he blessed him and got wealthier <coughs> and each time Abraham said alright here's the tenth here's the tenth and, I mean, it got to the point where Abraham was so wealthy that the land couldn't hold he and his nephew Lot. And they had to, he told, he told him, he said, all right, uh, I'll tell you what, choose any, choose any, any, any land. If you want to go to this land over here, take your cows over there. If you want to put your cows over here, put your cows over here. But we got to separate. We don't, there's not enough room. And so they separated, and God continued to bless Abraham. Why? Because that's who he is. And Abraham did one simple thing. He tithed. Tithing is the baseline of generosity. You say, well, I can't afford to. You, you can't afford not to. And, 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 and the kickback on it is not just money and it's not just material things. I am convinced Tammy and I have been tithing our whole marriage and even 
before our marriage, we were tithing. And I'm convinced of this, that God has done some things that had nothing to do with money because we were tithers. He has rebuked the devourer for our sake. I know there, there have been times where, man, you know, there could have been some bad things. But the Lord was on our side. And I am convinced that a lot of it had to do because we honored him. We honored him. And you say, yeah, but you, you probably had some money. Look, when I started pastoring, I was making about 600 bucks a month. That's not very much money. You say, yeah, way back then it was. What are you talking about? I'm not that old. <laughs> what do you mean way back then? Way back then. Like during the Great Depression. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sometimes you feel the pressure. There's not enough. There's not enough. But this is what I found out. If you got, honor God with the first tenth, he'll bless the ninety. He'll bless the rest. He'll bless the rest. And it, and, it, and it just seems like to me it's worked out. I don't mean that there hasn't been challenges. It just works out that, man, that 90 will go further than the 100 will. I'm not trying to talk you into it. I am going to give you some scriptures, though. Okay. <clears throat> and so, but, but generosity is not, it's not a, it is not a dollar amount. And neither, neither is abundance. It's not a certain dollar amount. You can't say, well, when I, when I hit a million dollars, then then I'm rich or then I'm abundantly supplied. No, you, I mean, if you need two million, a million's not rich. If you need five million, well, then three million is not enough, right? If you need, if you need 20,000 and you got 50, that's more than enough. You, you see what I'm saying? So it's not just a, it's not just a, a dollar amount. And, and generosity is not just a dollar amount. God looks at percentages more than he looks at dollar signs. You understand? Remember Jesus was standing at the temple? Now y'all not going to like Jesus for this. He just nosy. He just nosy. But he was standing and he was leaning up a wall against the temple. He was watching people bring in their offerings. And I mean, he said, some very rich, they brought theirs in. Some poor, they brought theirs in. And he saw this woman, she, she came in and she had a, a mite. I don't know what a mite is, but it sounds small. Mite. It sounds small. And she dropped it in the offering. And uh, he turned around and said, hey, talked to his disciples and said, y'all see, see all this? They go, yep. He said, who gave the most? And they said, well, that, that woman did because she gave everything she had. How many of you can't give, you can't give more than 100%, right? If you got a million dollars and you give $100, you had done nothing. 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 Y'all be ashamed as a matter of fact. But if you have a thousand dollars and you give a hundred, that ain't bad. 
Y'all listening to me? Y'all mad at me yet? I'm just trying to cut the church attendance in half. I'm just working on it real hard. So free up some room. No, I'm just kidding. Please come back next week. We don't talk about money every week. I'm not going to even apologize for it. I'm going to keep on going. So why, I'll just say it like that. Why should I tithe? So let's, let's hit, hit our points real quick. That was all the introduction. Let me hit these real quick. Why should I tithe faithfully? Why should I tithe faithfully? Number one, the tithe is a symbol of the total. The, the tithe is a symbol of the total. Generous giving of at least 10% indicate that I accept that God's lordship over my life, including my finances. When, when I honor God with the tenth, I mean, it is, it is symbolic to him that, Jesus, you were Lord over my life, and you were the Lord over my wallet, and you're the Lord over everything I have. It's symbolic. So that's number one. Number two, people matter to God, and ministry makes a difference. When, when you consistently and faithfully tithe 10% of your income, you are essentially partnering with God and your local church to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. You're, you're partnering with God. You're partnering with your local church to make a difference in someone else's life. I'm doing good. Number three, when I tithe faithfully, the amount, I, the, the, the amount I, I give impacts the amount I receive. I mean, you know, the, whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. He that sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully or generously is going to reap bountifully and generously. It's just a law. It works in everything. It works across the board. It works if you're saved or not saved. It's universal. It works. Whatever you sow, that's what you're, you're going to reap. And number four, why should I tithe? Generous giving of at least 10% demonstrates my trust in God to fulfill his promises in Matthew chapter 6. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. But my God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So it's a demonstration of your faith. When you, when you tithe, tithing's a matter of trust. It, it has nothing to do with my, the, the money. It is a matter of trust. You're telling God, you're showing God, you're demonstrating God, I trust you. I trust you. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, what if I don't make any money? Well, then you don't have to tithe. Because tithing is it, it's about, your, it's about your income. It's about your increase. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. So the tithe has to do with the first. So it's the first dime of every dollar. It's the first dollar of every ten. It's the first ten of every hundred. It's the first hundred of every thousand. It's the first thousand of every ten thousand. First ten thousand of every hundred thousand. First hundred thousand out of every million. And when you get past that, let me know. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it, okay? We'll talk about it. So. I'll, I'll help you do the math on that. 
So we're, you know, we're done with this series. But we need to allow these truths to work in our heart and work in our mind and change our thinking. God wants you to have more so that you can do more for his kingdom. You say, what's the more for? Well, God wants you to be blessed. Certainly he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed, but he wants you to be able to do more for his kingdom. He wants you to be able to do for your family. He wants you to do, be able to do for the poor. He wants you to be able to do more. And if you have more, you can do more. Amen. So it's not just about you having more for you. It's about us having more to do more, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your awesome, awesome word. I thank you that it is working in us right now. I thank you that your word is prevailing in us right now, prevailing over lies, prevailing over tradition, prevailing over error. Lord, I thank you that your word is working mightily in us right now. And Father, I thank you for helping us to see things as you want us to see them. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. I want you to stand with me. We're going to go into a worship song. Then I'm going to come back up and just say one or two other things to you, okay?
Let's all just pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will follow you. I will obey you. By your grace, I will live my life completely for you. I ask you to surround me with the right people that I may grow up and be effective in your kingdom. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing me. Amen. And the church, we ought to take the roof off this place. Let's give these a big hand clap.